Welcome to Content Breaker. Featuring Static Dreads, Kaiju Kells, Strangely Entertaining, and The Zog Boy. Today's episode is The Legend of Korra. The Legend of Korra. The Legend of Korra. What's up, people? Welcome to another episode of Content Breaker. Uh, today I am your host, Hotman Zog, and I'm joined <laughs> by the three lovely people, um, Solid as a Rock, Strange, Flowing Like Water Kells, and the great, uh, Spirit of the Wind <laughs> Static. Yeah, yeah I got guys swept doing? away, man. I got swept away. Fucking... Great every time. I don't know how you do it, but I love holy it. shit. I am that liter- was like the- I literally just went off the cuff with that. <laughs> I did not know which element I wanted to put to you guys. <laughs> I have to write all my shit down. I'm wait, was was Kale's water? Yes. Wu Wei, motherfucker. Yes. Okay, so he's so he's water. So he's like flown like lead. water. You were spirit yeah. of the wind. I'll take it. And strange assault as a rock. Yeah, I'll take it. Oh, I see you get the fire. I see how it is. That's yeah. a real secret. Hotman ass. Can I at least be a lava bender, though? No. Yes. Why? Lava bending is No. No, because there's three. Well, I'll just... Well, what else can I do? Do I have a secondary element, or can I just fly? We'll uh, find out you're when we the, talk about you're the, the legend most, of Korra. <laughs> uh, we well, here to talk about Korra. Uh, yeah. so air is the most spiritual of them. So, in other words, the air nation is the only nation with 100% benders. Spirit okay. bending and whatnot, but I'll we'll get into that. Thing is, there you can also go anywhere, anytime. So, who's gonna stop him? True. Like flight or teleportation? Both. Uh, we reach that point. Mostly, Wait, mostly flight, but apparently one of them can like go into the spirit world and then just appear somewhere else. What the fuck? So think of like you're like the Star Wars hologram with no limits. I should have um, a song called No Limits. It dep- depends on the time of year. But yeah, it, the, it's not just the world in Korra that changes. It's the bending. <laughs> so we start off with Avatar The Last Airbender. And now we have The Legend of Korra, which clearly means Aang the Avatar is dead. We, now we have Korra. Yes. What happened? I, I don't want to derail all of our planned expertise. What happened to Aang? No one knows. Yeah, he just died. Apparently, they <laughs> no, they're they're they never, in the ice too long, and that caused him like to have well, some type of disease. Well, no, it uh, essentially since he was frozen in ice for a hundred years, he was slowly aging at the along with it, or basically he he was losing his life at the time, just very slowly. Gotcha. And so instead of living, um, with Katara. And Zuko and all that into their old age. He died at like 60. Which is still like old. Yeah. He he lived a a long, good life after the war. But yeah, still like the first one of his group to die. He just had to die for plot. Pretty much. That's the the, the most inconvenient way. (laughs) To like get rid of him. However, I mean, if, we wanted, the, the if we wanted, if we wanted a story about Lord. the successor to Aang, the next Avatar, 
yes, the previous Avatar had to die. I feel like <laughs> that's Kai's kind of mandated. Is, Kai's answer: Did we want a sequel? But anyways, we we have I a did. sequel now. <laughs> we didn't. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> so, so the Legend of you Korra. do not speak for me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> T- tell me about the Legend of Korra. Oh, well, essentially, it's a. Um, it's a sequel series to The Last Airbender. It takes place 70 years after um, the end of the war. So Aang defeats Ozai uh, and goes about his business around the Avatar, rebuilding um, the connections between the four the four nations, trying to rebuild his own nation um, and all of that. You can read more about those in the Dark Horse comics that they have. Recommend them. They're pretty good read. They are um, better than Gore. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the show has uh, kind of a mixed reaction uh, <laughs> between people, as you can tell already. <laughs> but the base, the basis of how the show starts off is that uh, four years after Aang dies, they're out looking for the next Avatar. The White Lotus has already had a bunch of different um false claims and whatnot but when they get a call to the southern water tribe since they know the next avatar is going to be a waterbender um they're like okay how serious should we take this three two one and a boulder flies past their face a four-year-old jumps forward starts water and fire bending and just says i'm the avatar you gotta deal with it transition to 17 uh no, sorry, 13 years later, she's 17 at the start of the show, and she's taking her firebending test to like show that she's mastered her third element. Man. Yeah, that's just the first like five minutes. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy what you can basis. do when you don't have to put the whole world on your back and save, you know, everybody. <laughs> no, th- no, that comes Run away like a bitch. Yeah, hey, right. 100 years. He did. I ain't no shame in yeah. that. He came back. <laughs> came back. No uh, shame. But yeah, it's... If it's revealed a whole lot later, uh, like many seasons later, <laughs> um, that the reason she's taking a firebending test, the reason she's like in this complex living her life instead of traveling the world is because the White Lotus and specifically her father and um, Aang's like will, like the will he left behind instructing what he wanted for the next avatar was to keep her in one place and teach her all the elements before letting her out. It was a government conspiracy. It basically was. <laughs> Is Aang secretly the bad guy? Well, <laughs> or does he become more gray as it goes on? I ain't going to do uh, nothing wrong. Fair, Neither did Aaron. It's God <laughs> fucking damn it. Kai. <laughs> Uh, leaving that one alone for now. Um, <laughs> it depends on who you ask. I mean, one man's hero is another man's tyrant. So it all depends on who you ask and what details you have. But there are definitely some questionable things revealed about Angle later that I'm just like, I can see why he did this. I still think it's dumb. Like what? I don't know. I don't really remember a whole lot about. No, I'm just legitimately like- curious. I can't think of like. I'm curious to what you're like referring to. 
Aang said to tie the next Avatar down and murder her. I don't remember that part. <laughs> I don't remember that part. Yeah, man, we gotta it's... keep cycling the cycling the tribes, man. Until we get a fire one that can ruin everything again. Yeah. Turns out we yeah. gotta start over. <laughs> it was an earthbender this time around. Yeah, fires yeah. two more. We'll no, two I'm, more. I'm also referring to the uh, idea that he just like ignored two of his kids because they weren't airbenders. Oh, that? Yeah. Yeah, I... I can understand because he had like all the pressure of like, oh, once I die, this kid is going to be the only like um, thing left of my culture and my nation. I have to impart everything I know onto him. You're telling me that Aang had bad dad energy. Kind of. Yes. Yeah. Cut, pretty much. Fuck Aang. Well, hold on. <laughs> I think it's one of those it, like good plan, poor execution kind of deal, kinda, and it, it kind of is. Ang was Ang was no Ng Todoroki. Let's get that sorted first of I all. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> Ang Ang didn't really have a dad. He had Gatso, but like, yeah, I mean, you know, not not like. Okay, yeah, so he was a, in a his child super soldier, and yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I get it. You don't know how to be a parent if you've never had a parent. Okay, well, fine. S- sort of. Still. I mean, he still had <laughs> he still had one person looking over him, raising him, teaching him right from wrong and all that. But at the same time, I think the main point of it was his other two kids felt neglected by him, specifically because he wasn't an airbender. And that's kind of like uh emphasized when the the whole family is like the, all the kids and the uh, airbenders Tenzin, his whole family is on vacation, and he starts reminiscing about all the times he went went out into the world, had fun with his dad, and his siblings are just like, we weren't there. We never did this. You and dad literally just took off and did all these things, and we never knew about it. Yeah. and Imagine if Goten didn't have powers. He probably would have been a lot better off. Like... Honestly, <laughs> honestly, uh, but to your to to your point, um, okay. Oh, uh, what I was saying was that like I I agree. I don't think like he's a NG Todoroki endeavor um, by any means, but also I feel like a act of omission is still an act in the terms of like, and when you really find out like in book three about like how much it was, like yeah, that's that's Aang, that's on him, like. But also, oh, yeah. like, I feel like that could have been on Katara as well. Not that I'm saying that it's Katara's fault. I'm just saying she needed to step up and be like, yo, you have more than yeah. one child. Like, love I mean, them. But equally, like, can you make someone do something? Yeah. Like, did she love it, them? Did well, she love her other two children? I she mean, left enough of an impact on them that their daughter straight up decided, okay, well, I'm done traveling the world. I'm moving back home and helping take care of mom since dad's now dead. Yeah. And their daughter, I think, isn't she like the best waterbender in the world? Uh, she, well, Katara is still the best healer. And, uh, she, and their daughter Kaya was directly taught by Katara. So she's definitely one of the upper echelon, but (laughs) we don't, there's been so many advancements in bending that no one really knows who's the best in the world anymore. Other than Aang being the worst, like, dad villain, are there any other more complex, like, relationships or, like, uh, politics and shit? Yes. How about Toph? 
in so, all of her family. So the Baythong family is very interesting because mainly it's like the whole it's like every person was a bad parent from that generation. It's like uh, it's and Toph didn't she was hard on her first daughter, but was not hard well, on her second daughter. No, we eh, again it's kinda hard to explain. Uh her first daughter was very much um wanting to live up to what her mom to her mom's reputation and everything. So she got the same job as her mom. She basically went as hard as her mom did. But Toph, the rebellious I'ma do what I want kind of character, became the chief of police for this new nation that Zuko and Aang had built. So who let her be a cop? Right? That's what I'm thinking. Like who thought this was a good idea? That's exactly. what I'm trying to tell you. Like there's yeah, there's a lot of weird choices, but at the same time I'm like the version of these characters we knew were like 14 at the oldest. Zuko ironically turned out to be Z- in my opinion the only good parent. But when you come from horrible parents, you're like, yeah, no, I want to like <laughs> The only there's only better. one way to go from here. <laughs> Like, cause I ain't saying his mom was also kind of horrible, but I'm saying his mom was also kind of horrible in my opinion. Like, no, Mother was. Duck will do anything to protect her children. So, like, you know, <laughs> she didn't do anything. She left. I'm uh, no, she did do something, mm, no, but that no, something also leave. involved leaving. <laughs> do do you not do you not know? Rip. Do, I, oh no, I, I know what she did. All I'm she's gonna still gods. All, I'm, get, all I'm gonna say. All I'm Zuko gonna say thing. is. All I'm gonna say is read the comics. I did. Wait, Strange, or, did you read the comics? I know things. <laughs> so uh, you know okay. she's horrible. Okay, stop. Anyways. Cora. <laughs> yeah. We're sticking with this one for now. If you want another, another podcast about the comics, let us know in the comments. Anyway. <laughs> if this ever gets posted anywhere with comments. Yeah, I'm sure there's somewhere. Uh, Cor- but yeah, so these characters were like 14 to 16 12 to 16, whatever. So they're obviously going to be completely different people by the time they have kids. And since all of their responsibilities basically came around Aang, whose major responsibility was save the world. Yeah, I can almost. Yeah, I can understand why they basically became the authority figures in this. Basically a new nation this fifth nation of the world, which is meant to be a cultural mixing pot of all the other nations. It's avatars, New York, New York, Shanghai, basically anywhere that That is a big metropolistic kind of city where you have a bunch of different people living from many different cultures. But yeah. So (laughs) would you say that the villains in would you say the how would you rank the villains in Korra? Would you say that they were a caliber? Because in I feel like in the first series, like the last Airbender, we only had like overarching villains, like because everything well, kind of related back. Well, sort of. Everything did relate back to Ozai. I do agree with you on that. But Ozai was never really a major player in the story until like the last four episodes. Every sure, other- but like the the fire nation, yeah, was yeah. the big looming enemy. Yeah, it very much was a uh, 
there is one kind of threat and this every other minor threat that we are coming across all goes back to that one thing. Like Zhao, Zuko in season one, Azula, they all, they're all Fire Nation. It's all the Fire Nation that you got to take down. The villains in Korra were a little more uh, personal and definitely dealt with uh, ideals that many people nowadays <laughs> struggle with. So, nowadays, like, not today, whatever. I would like to start by running through the villain. And I'm, I'm going to say it. I feel disgraced that one of the characters shares my name, um, which I'm not going to reveal which character it is. But um, I'm about to say it's a bad dox myself. But to be fair, that one is voiced by Steve Bloom. OK, thanks for giving it away. Um, <laughs> it was. Um, yeah. But anyway, so we got we got. Starting from the beginning, we have Amon and his people who are the equalists, yeah. The equalists, yeah, which honestly I was really rocking with. And the, my problem with Korra's feelings is I always started liking them, minus the spirit dude, never really liked him. But I always started liking the villains like Amon and equalists. I'm like, yo, this makes sense. People against bending, like I'm here for it. Like these are like equal terrors. But then the big plot reveal happens and you're like, yo, what were you fighting for? It was all a lie. And yeah, but yeah, yeah I, I, I got to admit there is a there are big problems with Korra's uh, pacing and the story's revelations about their main villains. Like, I still feel like the only good villain, the only villains that I liked. I can say I won't say that they're good, but the only villains I liked and checked off my marks were the Red Lotus. And yeah, man, Zaheer was voiced yeah. by Henry Rollins, the lead singer of Black Flag. Yes. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty it, hype news. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we def there are definitely people out there in the world that will take good messages and start like movements around them only to benefit themselves Again, and only plan, to get what they want execution. out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it honestly, at least the first two seasons, the villains easily go from, ah, maybe they got a point and maybe there's something here to, Oh, you're just the bad guy. You're just this kind of version of Ozai. Okay. <laughs> or literally but, season two. I want to merge. The, I want to become the dark avatar, but I don't get any of the cool elements. I only been the element I started with. Oh, that, that, I mean, okay. at least they gave an explanation for that. <laughs> <laughs> Did they though? I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. With the, uh, with the episodes beginnings where they showed you how the first avatar came to be. Avatar one, because yeah, why not? Lazy oh yeah, but I mean, I don't know, but still, at least like, true spirit laser or something like that. I think that's what happened. I don't really remember season two. He, I kind of bleached it out. <laughs> I, did the right I, thing. I think, I think that's the only like, I I did season one. The only thing I didn't like about it was the whole romance triangle, square, circle, oval yeah. thing. I didn't like that part. Otherwise, it was like, you know, and you know, I didn't mind the brothers. Like, you know, that I'm like, cool. Oh, yeah. Glad to see we got a return of this 
thing. And then season three was like, yes, this is what we wanted all along. And then season four is like, eh, a little two steps down. Still enjoyable. I, I didn't hate it. But season four felt season like four. it was like I don't know. It's season like anyway, but like no, I definitely feel like each season I want to say is as strong as his villains. I feel like in my opinion, like of Korra, because like don't get me wrong, like season two wasn't unwatchable, but I just had a lot of gripes with season two. Varric. Oh, I'll give you that one. Like it, there are a lot of things to gri- to justifiably gripe about with season no, two. Varric is the best part of the show. Like I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yes. like, no, it, no, agreed. Like Julie, do the thing. <laughs> I love it every time he's. The <laughs> only thing that I feel like is comparable to Varric in this is Uncle Iroh. But anyway, anyway, Varric, <laughs> strangely enough, is like a three-way combination. Of Sokka, the crazy inventor dude from the Northern Air Temple, and Uncle Iroh. Like, he doesn't mean to be as wise as he is, but he's... He's just real. He's just lived a lot of life. It's like, he, he accidentally stumbles into these wise things. He's a super <laughs> good inventor, and he's hilarious. <laughs> I do like me some Barrett. But um yeah, he best part whole series. <laughs> yeah. But hey, does this far- boat can this boat outrun my crazy waterbending ex-girlfriend? Why do you think I made it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now nah, Varric, Varric is a true true chat among chads. Isn't isn't Varric the one that they teased was like Sokka's kid? There's um, there's a theory about that. Theory, I yeah. don't buy into it at all, especially since mm-hmm. the only real connection between the two is that they're both from the Southern Water Tribe, which is fair. I mean, I, I if I you mean, argued really hard, I probably couldn't give you a solid statement against it. But I don't I, see why he couldn't be Saga's child. Honestly, besides like, the fact that until season two, none of them had ever even hurt. Most of the people hadn't even heard of Eric, and the only person who like knew of him and introduced him into the show was Asami. I mean, who based off how didn't the writing have any for this, ties into the previous series, but based off how the writing of the show is, like they were never it, that inconsistent. <laughs> I'm just saying, like we still don't know who you know. We like, yes, I guess the children would play a role into it, but we still we never got any explanation on how anyone died. Like at all who from the main group. Is, That's because um, only two who's people Toph's, died. Who's Toph's baby daddies? Again. We don't know. We never we know. We don't know one of them. Unanswered. Wait, one of them? Yeah. It wasn't confirmed. Uh, Toph uh, shows up in one of the later seasons and the Earthbender who becomes a part of a Korra's team the avatar. Boulder. Oh, no, sorry, that's weird. He's that's weird. Oh, no, no, no. He straight up asks, like, hey, by the way, who's Lynn's dad? Lynn being her uh Toph's oldest daughter, who becomes chief of police. And she's like, Oh, I forget the dude's name. Uh, but he's like, Oh, he was just this old inventor that not not that he was old, but old flame. But he was an inventor that they she had a thing with um Again, read the comics if you want to know more specifics. I want to know now. 
<laughs> no, it's it's not in Korra. It's, it's a lot. Is, to, guess, it's a Korra. lot to go into. But anyway, but the other child is the unanswered question. We don't yes. know if Sokka's not his dad. Anyways, yes. keeping it rolling. <laughs> yes. No, I agree. What the based on the writing, you could tell me that a nuke was buried under Republic City that would explode the second Korra died, and I'd be like, yeah, fits. <laughs> tell me about the bigger cast members that have their own stories okay so <laughs> greatest cast consists of a ferret that never really showed what happened to boland's ferret did it die paku no, no paku, it was paku no. was always with him yeah the only time it wasn't with Bolin, it was with naga uh cora's polar bear dog hmm. what Yes, a polar, yes, bear, polar dog. bear dog. Mm-hmm. You gotta start watching these. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> essentially, we we of course have Cora, which this is her story. This is her like her whole thing is that she's always wanted to be the Avatar, the exact opposite of Aang, who just as soon as he found out, he was like, "Why is things more complicated? Why is my family not this? I don't want to be this." Why so he runs away it? from it. Yeah, that came afterwards. Um, Cora, as soon as she found out, was like given all these stories about how great the responsibility is of the Avatar, but how great the Avatar themselves are. So as soon as she finds out she's the Avatar, she's just like, hell yeah, let's go. And she's all about it. She is here to be the Avatar, even though she has no idea what that actually means. Facts. Uh, and honestly, it's not until like halfway through season four where she not only learns what it means, but yeah, learns how she learns how <laughs> she herself can be uh, the avatar while staying true to herself. And in that aspect, it also kind of mirrors um, Zuko and his journey. So there are like kind of like callbacks and reuse stuff, but it still kind of works in my in my eyes. It works. So what do you mean by but, callbacks to I gotta call you out on that one. Only because like Zuko to me is one of the greatest like stories in animation. Like his whole character art. So it's an identity thing. They're trying to find out not only who they are, but reconcile their old vision of what the life they thought they were living was supposed to be with the life they are actually living is. Okay, so you can like say the, that happened with Tenzin as well in yeah, sort of Tintin. Uh, Tintin's whole thing was he thought he was like Aang. He thought Aang, his father, Aang, was uh, an airbender. He was like the, uh, he was the air nation. He uh, had to keep it all alive. And as soon as Aang passed, that all was on Tintin. So Tintin had to be as good, if not better, than his own dad. And since he basically worshipped him as not only his father, but a hero, he basically put so much pressure on himself that he could never live up to. So it, until he got into the spirit world and got confronted by an image of his own father telling him, you are not me. He himself had a bit of an identity crisis. That happens with a lot of the uh, characters in Korra <laughs> is finding their own like reconciling old pain and finding their own place and whatnot. Yeah. Like a Lynn living up to her mother's reputation while also in season three, reconciling with 
her sister who lived a wildly different life and uh, arguably a far better one. <laughs> Getting to live with a happy family and everything while Lynn seems very bitter and alone. How do it? Also blame Tenzin for that. Um. Oh, Tenzin never <laughs> Tenzin, had anything Tenzin, to do with Tenzin, Sue. Yeah. Just because yeah. Tenzin and Lynn dated doesn't mean anything about that. Oh, no, I mean, that's a blame. But, Tenzin for Lynn feeling solidated. Uh, well, Lynn never ha- wanted to have kids, and that was a big thing for Tenzin. So the relationship was never really going to last. Mm-hmm. I blame the writing. But um, yeah. I feel Besides, like one of the most underrated characters in the cast is Bolin. Like, Amen, yes. Like, Bolin's com- comedy, I feel like, drives... Like, if it wasn't for Bolin, like, I feel like this series would have been at least three tiers lower than what it is. Like, yeah, because Mako's like, like straight Mako's guy. too like, serious. Go, he's the straight yeah, he's guy to uh, Bolin's funny man. Like, and then Bolin, Bolin's like, ha ha, high five. <laughs> he's like, oh, like Bolin, <laughs> like fangirling over the original team avatar is the best mm-hmm. thing. Like, because I feel like that's how it should be. It's like, these people literally accomplish greatness, and the only person who seems to care about it is Bolin. Everybody else is like, oh, what's up? Oh, it's Katar. Hey, Katar, how you doing? Like, Bolin, like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. To be fair, half half of them are related to one of of those people from the previous group. (laughs) Like, uh, all, like, Lin, Sue, and all their kids... They're all related to Toph. They've seen Toph. They're just like, oh, hi, Grandma. I mean, yeah. And then, yeah, Bolin uh, freaks out. Bol- oh, my gosh. Bolin <laughs> and, um, although uh, Korra didn't grow up around most of them, she grew up around Katara and heard all the stories and everything. So I don't see it's a reason all- why she would be starstruck. I just meant, like, the whole was- universe in general. Like, seems like Bolin's the only person who's like, oh, my God, Team Avatar. Like... This is greatness. Yeah. Like, even when the guard, like, Zuko shows up, I was like, oh, it's Fire Lord. What's up? Who's not even the Fire <laughs> Lord anymore at, at that point. No, yeah, his that daughter point. has taken over. Which shot but, to him. But he's Who also flying. Wife? He's also flying a dragon. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Zuko gets a dragon. <laughs> yeah. He's Zuko. Made some Zuko's babies. still best character. Like, honestly, outside of Varric, uh, it's Zuko that freak, and That freaking elevator scene. <laughs> yeah. Bro, uh, does Zuko get murdered like... No, he's too much of a badass. No. Okay. Uh, well... Good. Uh, what in, there is... It's in season three when they're fighting a terrorist organization whose entire goal is to kill Korra and gives her some of the worst PTSD <laughs> probably ever put to animation. But uh, uh, they sorry. Sorry. they oh. run with that idea. They don't really shy away from it at all. Robin, <coughs> Teen Titans. I mean, yeah. yes, but I mean, like specifically, I don't know, Cora. Anybody in Fruit Basket? Cora. We're talking uh, about Cora. Anyway, yes. um, and at one point they're freeing uh one of their members from they're going from member to member freeing them from a prison because they already tried to kill Cora when she was like four um got arrested got in prison for years now they're breaking out and trying to uh get the gang back together to try again um so they go to the northern water tribe to try and free their last member 
and Zuko has gone to the Southern Water Tribe, pick up Korra's dad, who is the chief of that of the Southern Water Tribe. So yes, Korra is also a princess. Essentially. God damn it. <laughs> you right. I just, on. I just find it funny. I told you. But uh and they've gone to the Northern Water Tribe to fight to uh prepare for their arrival. And Zuko's like, I have a dragon. I'm gonna go do some air support. <laughs> and a snowstorm's coming their way, and they realize, oh yeah, that's them. Everyone get ready. <laughs> they still get their asses handed to them though. Like these four with a fucking dragon. With a fucking dragon. Again, yes. the writing was trash. Like it didn't really that, make, the dragon didn't even that, fight. It didn't even breathe fire. It yeah, it tried to get in and whip some of the people around. Yeah, I was like, you have a dragon. Mostly, what are you doing? Mostly because it didn't want to like shoot fire at either Zuko or the other people fighting with Zuko. I'd assume. Two of them are firebenders. Fire yeah, Zuko <laughs> is a firebender. Zuko is a firebender, and the others are waterbenders. But it decided I'm gonna come in and just whip one with my tail. And then Zuko's just like, "No, you're gonna get hurt. You need to get out of here." And immediately the dragon gets uh, shot in the face with like combustion bending. What? First off, combustion bending. Second off. Does Do the dragon die? No, no. The dragon does okay, not die. Good. All right. Good. Kels, but, uh, do you remember Combustion Man? Sparky, Sparky, Boom, Boom. Yes. Apparently, and yes. Sparky, gets, Sparky, Boom, Boom Man. <laughs> he gets fucked by someone uh, as a child. Right. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Apparently, no, he had a kid. No, he doesn't. <laughs> no, he does not. Well, you know what I mean. Like somebody uh, else knew the technique yeah, or something. Someone, so. it's a technique oh, okay. people can learn, and essentially they they have a similar tattoo on their forehead, but they're not a mute or cyborg. Was he a yeah. mute though? He never talked. I mean, he just had nothing to say. He I breathed mean, even, really hard I mean, at one point. Even <laughs> when uh, Zuko's just like, "Okay, uh, I won't pay you if you keep doing this," and he's just like. Push away. Keep doing job. Forget the money. Who cares? But never yeah. says a word. Yeah, I, th- I think there's plenty of reason for him to speak. He just never did. So you were talking about Chorus PTSD. Yes. And and that's like an example of like how dark the legend of Korra can get. Tell me a little bit more about like how dark the storytelling goes. It, uh... Like, it doesn't ever talk about something like genocide like the previous one, previous series did. Yeah, man, fuck the but, airbenders. Yeah. What? Sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you took me on like, But it does. <laughs> I mean, I guess it, it gets in Korra, more you like, see what happens. Yeah. Go ahead. Sort go ahead. of. It, uh, with Korra, it gets to be like more personal kind of demons kind of mm. thing. Like you see with uh, Lynn and Sue, you get a flashback of like when... Uh, they're growing up in Republic City, this New York-y kind of place, the Fifth Nation and whatnot. Um, and Sue, Lynn has to decide whether she's going to arrest her sister because she's running with criminals or what she's going to do. She tries to just like peacefully take her bag, even like reaching out with some middle building to grab her hand. And her sister breaks it and sends it back to mutilate her face. What it it turns out to be an accident and it's just like the tension of the thing breaking. But yeah, she's straight up lashed out and broke and um, 
mutilated Lynn's face. And she never apologized. <laughs> nope. Nope. And basically, even in season three, when you when Sue is introduced and you start learning about all this shit, that's when they're just like, okay, well, now time to throw hands with my sister. <laughs> so it touches yeah. on stuff like that, basically domestic abuse and different things like that without actually calling it what it is. Um, Asami's uh, dad was a Nazi. Yeah, Asami's dad joined the Equalist and was basically a Nazi, yes. And went to oh, prison for life. And, and also tried to kill his own daughter. Yep. I mean, but who hasn't in animation, to be honest? Well, <laughs> Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, ooh, sorry. I thought actually, about the killing on that, joke. And, on that, yeah. Actually, on yeah. that note, J.K. Simmons voices Tenzin. <laughs> so. Oh. Yeah. Think one, Mark. One of the Think. most. Yep, exactly that. <laughs> He's gone from one of the most peaceful and non-confrontational kinds. Think. Can you really be the Avatar without all four elements? <laughs> we have a responsibility. <laughs> oh, my oh God. balance, Cora. <laughs> uh, uh, I need him shit. to voice all of this. <laughs> just like pick up half of these lines that they have in the means and just do a quick voiceover. Uh, um, I know another. What a fucking world! <laughs> I know another dark theme that was dealt with was kind of like themes of still. There were still like I want to say segregation, but like there was still kind of was yeah with equalists and all that. Yeah, with the equalist, and then the whole thing with like Mako's thing about his was it one of his parents or something? There was like a weird both, story with that. Both of his parents uh, died. Uh, I forget if they were like murdered or if it was an accident or something like that. I think they were murdered uh, by like a terrorist group or something. Was it the triad or something? Like I don't that? remember. The- no, they went to. They were him and Bolin were living on the streets as children for a couple of years, and then this um, mob, this mob-like gang, uh, basically said, "Hey." You do some work for us, and we'll take care of you. In the triad, though. Yeah, they're the triple threats of the triad or whatever. I was like, I know the triad comes in at some point. Uh, And essentially, Mako ran some numbers for him over some books, some small time stuff. While Bolin was the funny man, but they were also like uh, ten enforcers. No, they would never did any like hard crimes or anything like that. But uh, yeah, they were like. 10 years old living on the streets and had to live mob life <laughs> until uh, they basically got a break as uh, professional athletes. <laughs> It'd be like that, man. It's too real. Yeah. I did yeah. actually like that concept of like the pro, pro bending. bending. I yeah. was like, yeah, why wasn't this like a thing before? I guess you can kind of like the world was at war. Boulder. Yeah. And the yeah. world was at it war. Ba- it basically just <laughs> took a. Uh, okay. <laughs> Look, man, it basically look. just took the underground earthbending fights and said, let's add fire and water and make this legit. Well, I mean, you had the whole earth ball, I mean, the air ball thing uh, in the temple. So I guess. Yeah, but there's only five living airbenders. I mean, look. four or five. <laughs> so I don't really. And most of them are just like non-violent, non, we do nothing kind of uh, 
do nothing but meditate and just be spiritual kind of people. So I really doubt they'd get into the whole thing. Until Cora came along. (laughs) Cora was very much a, I just want to, I just want to fight people in the early stages of the show. Yeah, too bad there wasn't much of a war happening, though. <laughs> yeah, she never got the a only thing to I can't say, the only other thing I, I kind of wish like they did more was, and they I guess they kind of did this later, but like have more of like what was happening outside of Republic City. Like I know Republic City is like a cool setting. I just wish I knew more of like, like because you know you're the Avatar, you're supposed to go all over the world and solve everybody's problems, that kind of thing. I don't know. That, that's just me. Well, I'm not like complaining. I'm just saying I wish there was a little bit more of that. I would like that. Yeah, I would like yeah. more questing. Another big problem of it is that a lot of their uh, runtime got, like, cut. Like, instead of having 20 episodes per season, uh, the first season was 13 episodes. Uh, and they were originally told they were going to have another season, at least one more. But then uh, when production got started, they were told, nope, you get 12 episode miniseries. That's about it. And then when that season one did great, uh, they were like, okay, cool. Here's your season two. We didn't plan for a season two. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, time to get to work. Uh, how long do we have to get this, get everything going? Uh, we want to be in production like tomorrow. Hmm. And <laughs> yeah, that's how so we got the current Avatar universe. That, that's <laughs> like, how season once, two. <laughs> doing it again. That's how season two ran through. Well, with, with the first series, The Last Airbender, they pitch normally the pitch is like five minutes to convince the execs. Uh, these guys talked for like two hours <laughs> and they were asked how much longer and how much more material they had to go through. And they were like, oh, we can go for another three hours. And the execs just stopped them right there and said, you had us hooked on minute five. Uh you can have three seasons and odds are you're going to get a lot more out of us. Yeah. Nah, factual. Um, so when they're doing this, when they're doing like, uh, we're cutting your budget, we're doing this stuff, we're doing that. By the way, it's not really doing good on TV, so we're really just only going to show it online and we're not going to tell anybody about it. That did happen. They put four seasons <laughs> out in two years. It was really weird. It's, yeah. It was so weird. The production really screwed over the show. <laughs> yeah. But there was but, a lot. I mean, the show still has its moments, right? Yeah, it, oh, it yeah. had some standout moments for me. Um, which one of the bigger ones, I feel like, was definitely, like, the Red Lotus fights. Like, I really enjoyed those, seeing the new... Because it felt like, yo, like, there's more toffs in the world. Like, there's more... Sub- There's more people pushing bending. Yeah, like we had lava and bending, combustion lava bending. Lava bending, combustion bending, an armless water bender. Yeah. That was actually pretty cool. Like She was. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that was with me. No, you're right. It also led to like, one of Bolin's best moments ever. <laughs> Yeah. I honestly was quite surprised when that talking about the armless water girl, like water bender. I was like, "Oh gosh, I didn't think you could." Oh, okay, I didn't think you could show that. Cool. Yeah, no, it was it was really dope. Oh. Um, 
that was like the, and then when Zaheer is just like I can fly, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, Z- okay. <laughs> Got to explain real quick, um, so people have the context. Uh, at Thank the, you. At the end of season two, <laughs> uh, at the end of season two, the spirit there are portals to the spirit world that are opened up, and it allows spirits to roam through uh, the world. Intentionally? Intentionally. Yes. Uh, essentially, by doing this, the Avatar never has to be the bridge between the spirit and the physical world. Well, uh, I mean, they are allowed course, to co-mingle you know. in all of that, but it also they still have to like keep balance and bring peace and whatnot. Um, it, but by doing this, with the air nomads and airbending being the most spiritual of the bending arts, it allowed for people to awaken airbending. So people who had never been benders before just started gaining the ability to bend an element that has not been bent by someone not related to an avatar in over a hundred (laughs) years. So yeah, a bit of chaos ensued on that. And one of the terrorists uh, that we were talking about earlier, the Red Lotus, he gains airbending. He's also... There's your airball team. <laughs> yeah. <All right. laughs> and ironically, he's one of the most spiritually connected people in the entire franchise. <laughs> Even though he was a psychopathic all, murderer. And he's all about anarchy. Destroy the establishment. Uh, there is a government, therefore it is evil. Facts. And he kills the Earth Queen, and yep. basically With an air cycle airbending. Ball. Yeah, that's actually Monkey. He he, he um, literally uh, he literally dr- takes the air, forms an air ball, a tornado essentially, uh, around someone's head and sucks the air out of their lungs. <laughs> it is horrific, <laughs> bro. That's like using the Rasengan to kill somebody. Yeah, yeah. If you, look, you can see it if you look. <laughs> the if it loads in the chat, yeah. Um, oh my god. Yeah, yeah they don't really... What the uh, fuck happened to the Earth Queen? Uh, she did. <laughs> she, got she did. But yeah, that moment basically... Le- the uh, Of course, after he destroys the establishment, what comes next but a stricter and stronger establishment a regime. That, bas- that basically says, hey, g- either get with the regime or get dead. <laughs> it was I miss Bomi. Well, <laughs> thing about that is... <laughs> Aang names his first son Boomy. Yep. But his and first his son turns out to be a non-bender is- until season yeah. three. Well, let's say his appearance in season one is one of the best, like, oh, look, here comes the Earth General Boomy. And he's like, yeah, (laughs) it's it's like, oh, my gosh, it's here comes the uh, (laughs) United Nations uh, first general Boomy. Yes. Just screams to high heaven, claps. It's just like, (laughs) ready to kick some ass. (laughs) And Boomy actually becomes their airbender as well when the portal opens. Yes. yes, that's another moment I really enjoyed. Like Boomy, like awakening his bending. Um, that was actually kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. season. It, it's a nice little contrast too between like season two when he's talking to his dad's statue, basically saying, "I'm sorry, I couldn't be what you wanted me to be, but I still think I turned out pretty good." 
Which he did. He turned out better than pretty good. He turned out better than most of them. I'm still <laughs> mad that like only Zaheer, or sorry, not Zaheer, only um, Tenzin got a moment with Aang when I felt like his other kids needed it more. That's another thing yeah. that bothered me about yeah. the writing. I'm like, why yeah. did the child who didn't need this get it? Oh, all three of them needed Aang. it. <laughs> Five? Right. No, it's very much true. But no, even without bending, Boomy was still a force to be reckoned with. Like, Oh yeah, he literally destroyed a whole enemy camp. <laughs> I mean, he literally you know. pulls out a flute, plays some music to calm some spirits down, steals essentially a me- a mecha suit tank, and then destroys an entire enemy encampment single handedly. <laughs> ooh, ooh! Another standout moment that is bad is when Korra let the whole Avatar cycle be destroyed. It, we don't know if it was or not. Mm. What no, do you mean well, we saw it happen? No. <laughs> we uh, because so, okay, we don't know what, if what, it starts again with Korra. Like at, like all of the previous avatars before her, she has no way to contact them. No way to do that. We know that for a fact. But we don't know if the avatar cycle is going to continue after Korra. Didn't she get Rava ripped out of her? But she also yeah, rejoined no. with her. Yeah, so that that's the thing. We don't well, I don't know. I mean, I, I know they're going to do anime, more animated series, so I think yeah. everyone's speculating, like, Genji's going to be next and, you know, the Sandbender. Well, so Genji's that a would be fan-made thing right now. Well, It'd be I mean, really yeah, cool if they just decided, hey, y'all got some good shit. You got some good ideas. It works with our world. How about you come on as writers and we just make you an animated series? Well, while you're here, have you well, heard uh, of Rooster Teeth? Any help? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> hey, hey, that one's for, like... Two weeks from two or three weeks from now. <laughs> True. Right. Well, that's a fun. But um yeah, we don't know, I guess, but that was regardless of what happened, yeah. she but destroyed the previous cycle. Like she lost just because it happened on her watch doesn't mean she's responsible for it. That was the whole I mean, uh, her I mean, uncle her uncle turns out to be water bending Ozai and joins but, with evil dark spirit of to become dark version of Avatar and Fuck. rips out Avatar spirit from Korra just to annihilate it. I don't think he was like a Ozai though, because like he, mm, I he mean, went he from didn't, I don't, he we didn't went, really see him bend like that. Ozai was doing some we basically but, saw him bend like that. Bullshit. He was doing some hood shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. But okay, we saw Ozai doing. We saw Ozai doing like uh, all of his bending. Outside of one lightning strike, all de- under the comet that made him like a hundred times stronger. Planning. Yeah. And the water and uh, Unalak? Yeah, that's yeah. Unalak. I think, yeah. That's his name. Unalak. Uh, I usually just call him Waterbending Ozai because that's what he, <laughs> what he reminds me of. <laughs> um, he does most of his bending without any assistance, but when he joins with the dark version of the avatar spirit. He, nope. Yep. All of his bending is like supercharged and is basically on that level. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like I don't really remember his whole motivation between connecting. It was a world village and, got destroyed uh, by barbarians no. at one point. No, he <laughs> organized that. Oh, uh, the idea, oh, yeah. <laughs> the idea around the whole thing was that he thought the he was a part of the Red Lotus, 
And he thought the system was broken and was no use for it. The current avatar uh, was pointless. It was useless. And following it was only going to lead to more disaster. And he used the Hundred Year War as an example of it and how rebuilding from that has basically been more commercial than spiritual. So he decided to join with the spirits. He decided to let some of them rampage through the world while he searched for the other side to the coin of the Avatar spirit. Since balances always abound and always seeking to restore balance. Uh, and he decided to join with that, eradicate the current avatar, which is his niece, <laughs> and move on. But still, that's there, not really. He always had balances. this complex of he wanted more power, like it was never enough for him. He's chief. He uh, he's chief of all of the water tribe. He has basically all of the water tribe at his beck and call to do with whatever he wants. But his brother is the father of the Avatar. Nope, I don't like that. Must destroy the Avatar. Must have my power. So, so we've got Korra, who let endless generations of Avatar knowledge be taken away facts. from her. Facts. Yes, essentially. <laughs> we've got Aang, who ran away and slept under the ice like a little bitch for a hundred years. Letting the world get fucked. Allegedly. Also facts, though. Which one <laughs> is the better avatar? Aang. Uh, um, so, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, before y'all, hold on, before everyone starts just fighting, let me, hold on. <clears throat> Aang was better in the essence of he saw, I guess, the more spiritual side of things. So, like, okay. He was Korra always more is, spiritual, yes. Yeah, so, like, Korra is the better fighter. That's pretty much how she was trained, was mostly in combat, not so much the spiritual side, which she had to struggle with later, as we see in, like, season two and three and all that stuff, you know. But Aang yeah. was more of the, like... I, I had this on my brain earlier. He was more of the, like, let's, you know, let's make peace, let's not fight... Fighting and violence is bad, but also be that's because Aang was an airbender. So they each have their strength and weaknesses because we're like, you know, we're like, okay, Korra, this is your time. This is your time to make peace. Korra's like, nah, I'm a hit a, <laughs> I'm a hit a dude with the, with the rock fist. And yeah. it's like, okay, you know, until she, all right, well. <laughs> until she got hit enough times that she was like, okay, I, I think I need a heal now. Yeah, I, probably I'm, I'm going to take a few months in rehab. <laughs> So I will agree Korra is a better fighter, whereas Aang uh, also, well, he could probably take somebody's bending away, uh, but <laughs> they, they, they're each different avatars in their own, you know, that's like saying, yeah. okay, well, Kyoshi or Korra, who's better? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, they actually have a lot more in common than the, most of the other avatars, actually. Yeah. Uh, actually, it's a good thing you brought up Kyoshi, because in the Kyoshi books... There's this uh, notion that every avatar is born into an age that needs them. So, like, the Hundred Year War needed someone like Aang to bring an end to it. and To run away for a hundred years. 
so we could make it a hundred year war. But Basically, he wanted yes. to end it peacefully, not violently. That's <laughs> yes. the whole thing. But I since mean, he want he wanted such peaceful things, but in a very non peaceful and turbulent time. Which basically said, hey, no, I know you don't want to fight, but if you don't, you're going to die. And so is everyone else. Get over and fight. Whereas Korra is much more of a, I just want to solve things with my fists at first. Has to come to terms and learn the world that she lives in and and who she is. And so she can learn how best to go about her mission of maintaining that peace that Aang has brought. It's um, it really is a tricky and strange question, and I know I'm the one who put it in there, but I still think <laughs> it's worth discussing. <laughs> so, <clears throat> thank you. So, first of all, addressing what Kel said about Aang ran away. Fuck. Um, oh yeah. So we're missing the point. If Aang had stayed, he would have died. Yes, the Avatar would have mm-hmm. reincarnated, but. They just went and wiped out all the waterbenders, too. So, my thought process was the Fire Nation just going to keep doing that. Like, but anyway, just well, yeah. not think about that, it. That would have been now, the idea, now. but we don't know if Aang would have died. If Aang had been there, they would have had the Avatar state on their hands. So, I mean, yeah, he wouldn't have an, had control over one, any though. of that, yeah. but that mountain was full of snow. <laughs> if my issue is even less, in the summer. So. My issue is less like would he have died and more his motivation for fleeing. Yeah. Like yeah. he ran away because he was scared. Yeah. Which is true. And he didn't really want to. Yeah, he didn't want to be the Avatar as well. That's he was why 12 he got away compared to, to like, a 17-year-old who it like Aang was told he was the Avatar at 12. And then was like, hey, here's the responsibility of the world. Like Korra, well, it probably because of Aang, was told like at birth, yo, you the Avatar. Like, let yeah, me do this different. But both things will mess you up. One of them is, hey, I know it's too early to tell you this and everything. By the way, since you now are are known as this thing and we are going to spread that around, everyone will treat you different. The other one is, if you don't live up to what the previous people did, the world is fucked. So get good, scrub. True, true. <laughs> But answering the question, I guess, which is the, the the thing to appreciate about like the peril of being the avatar. Yeah, like not that one is necessarily better than the other. I think like a lot of the problems with with one versus the other is simply all of the other stuff around them, like all of the production hindrances, the story, like the plot and the storytelling application could have been better. From one to another. See, but I mean, I guess like the go ahead. No, you go. Go ahead. I mean, like keeping it moving. Like the question is, like with the new Avatar, we we've saved the world from the Hundred Year War. Like the only peril we've ever known. We've now got Korra, who's got like a different set of circumstances because we know what an Avatar is now. Well, like does the Avatar still matter? Like does Korra? Okay. matter okay so or like the one after Korra okay if that is even a thing okay so I'm just gonna circle back right quick to the previous thing so yeah. the reason I would say Aang is the better avatar is if I'm looking at it like an essay question what is an avatar which is a manifestation of a deity or released soul in bodily form on earth and an incarnate divine teacher and in that based on that definition I would have to give it to Aang 
based off like what Stranger said earlier about the spiritual quality. Yes, Korra learned that, but Aang made that a foundation. Was it right necessarily? I wouldn't say, but also bridging off Zog's answer of an avatar is born to a time what they're needed. Which brings me to this statement that I would say, yes, Korra is needed because there is a new, like what we got going on now is we have like the spirit gate is open. Like spirits and humans can go back and forth, apparently. So who's going <laughs> to lead that? Like Rava, who is Korra. And thus there will always be a situation in which the avatar is perpetuated as long as the avatar is needed. Allegedly, again, because we don't know if the cycle is coming back. But based on yeah. the information we do have, I would say it's very likely that the avatar will be needed in the future and will continue to be reincarnated. It is likely. And the only thing I can think would be different this time around is that instead of starting with Avatar 1, it's starting with Korra. Um, God. But the only thing, <laughs> the only, uh, like, not issue, because basically what you said is, is right on the money. It's just the only thing I was like, comment on with what you said there is that each avatar is their own person. They are not Rava. Rava is its own spirit. Rava is just the connecting spirit uh, traveling between these lifetimes within the avatar, keep uh, keeping that connection going. Is Rava the one for all? Yes. yes. Essentially, yes. yes. Rava Bad. is the star. Rava is a court. light. Yeah. Rava is a light spirit that is essentially one for all. Yes. Um, which makes, which brings like a whole cornucopia of confusion to me because like, that stockpile, so if Korra goes into the Avatar state, it's, how strong is that going to be the next time? Because I don't think we saw it, it again after it was ripped out of her. Oh, no, we absolutely saw it again. Uh, yeah, we saw esse- it. Essentially what the Avatar no, state was. Okay, the Avatar state is the power boost from Rava. It essentially allows uh, Ra- all of Rava's energy to flow through and enhance the current Avatar's abilities. That's why in season two, Korra can just, oh, I'm glowing, and now I'm a Super Saiyan. So that's a uh, different definition than season no, one? But it's a, it's just in part, season one, it was the part previous. Of it. It's part of it. Because uh, as Roku explained in the previous series, the glow is the combination of all the past lives. That's why when the Avatar were to speak, when they're in the Avatar state, you would hear this echoing voice that just is clearly many different people speaking the same words. It is the current avatar speaking, but it is as if all of the previous avatars are also speaking. The only time, the only time, um, Korra experienced something like that is at the end of season two, when she goes into the avatar state to fight her uncle, when he's merged with the dark spirit. Uh, afterwards, uh, since there is no previous knowledge and everything to draw on, she does not have that. All she has is that uh, Rava power boost kind of thing. Hmm. Well, I don't know. It just feels like, again, like there are a lot of conflicting things. I feel like not like super conflicting, but just I don't know. It feels like the whole spirit uh-huh. Megazord thing is just. Like with yeah. Rava being, yeah, you know, just random. Well, actually, that wasn't Rava had nothing to do with that. All the dark energy made uh, 
uh, Vatu, the dark spirit, and um, Uno like transform into that thing. But Korra, recognizing uh, her own strength, her own like meaning, and her own like uh, self, meditating at the perfect time in the perfect spot allowed her to connect to other um, cosmic forces That's and cool. energy, which basically said, "Hey." Now you can use or project your own power. So yeah, all of that kaiju battle thing, that was Korra's abilities, not Rafa's. So you telling me soldier number six could have done that if he was in the right spot at the right time and was on like With oh, basically. Oh, you're telling me that this is a studio trigger production? <laughs> basically. <laughs> basically. Season, t- season two of Korra? Yeah, it kind of is. Darling in the metal. Here we go. Darling in the core becomes a planet. Um, <laughs> this is some Dragon Ball Super <laughs> mess. Read the manga. No, that honestly, I will say that kaiju battle did feel very Naruto Shippuden to me. Why you got to do that? Why you got to? <laughs> speaking of production problems. Oh, uh, yeah. The show was we made. Know. That was one. That's the production problems we're talking about. The problems with the show being made, hindering the story, continuity, and shit like that. Let's talk about that for a minute. It was really like Zog said. It was the fact that they had changed what the season was. Like if it was going to be a 12 episode one shoot to, hey, give us four seasons to not this long to that long to, hey, we're going to go air on Nick.com. Like what? (laughs) Like, no, and then it was the Nicktoons. Okay, like, all of all of season three was put online. Most of season four was put online. The only bit that ever got any kind of advertisement throughout that entire time was the finale to the entire goddamn show. No one knew what it meant. And literally, if you were just watching Nickelodeon at that time, you hadn't seen Korra in at least a year and a half. <laughs> So it's finale. It's last three episodes just randomly coming on TV was so weird. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, the, the Spanish version of Cora for the premiere of season three was put online like weeks before it was actually supposed to premiere. And they did nothing about it because they did uh, because they thought, oh, hey, no one likes to read subtitles. I love subtitles. They give me strength. That's tragic, though. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know... Do you... you Go ahead. uh, I was going to say, as much as, like, I hate that all that happened to bring Korra down, I'm kind of grateful that it happened. Like, Korra had to be the Martyr series, because I felt like if it didn't, the creators would have been like, yo, sure, we'll take this Netflix deal and make a check. But since they already went through that once, they're like, no, we don't want to do this. We know our worth. We want to go I mean, somewhere else. Thus, I went that, to Paramount Plus, and now we have the Avaverse. Yeah, but Shyamalan's Last Airbender came out before Korra. We already had that shit. They didn't create it. You mean the best Avatar movie? Get the in fuck. the in the no. Get in the, the Avatar fuck out my chat. In the Avatar cinematic universe, where we have blue aliens. And M. Night Shyamalan having white people play every character. <laughs> I mean, statistically, we're in a bad way already. I'd rather take a Michael Bay version. 
<laughs> like I'll just blow up. You know up. what? That would be lit. Okay, yeah. all of you can get the fuck out of yeah. my chat. Look at the water. <laughs> <laughs> the water. At least you know the fire bending would have been on point when they exploded. <laughs> wiki. <laughs> Sam Witwicky. You are the avatar. <laughs> Suki. You have to jump. Man, the reason I hate Korra is because Suki's not in the discussion. Just not really though. But like, my waifu, that's the real answer. My yeah, wife who's not here is trash. I mean, just tell me <laughs> where mean, she went at least. <laughs> she wasn't right? even in the picture. She wasn't even in the picture. Figuratively and literally. We just want answers. Yes. <laughs> Give it to me. But overall Do you think we're gonna get answers no. in the new upcoming yes. I doubt it. Whatever. Yes, uh, I do. Oh, I, I don't do think do they're going to expand on a lot of things, so they're definitely going to answer some questions. But um, the question is, are they the answers you're looking for? Probably I don't care. Not. Honestly, like at this point, <laughs> I'm just like, no offense. Like, I'll just I just respect ATOL for what it is. Um, Aang, Team Aang will always be my avatar team. So, like, I don't really care what ha- I'm going to watch it, of course. But in terms of like. What they do with I don't care. Like I'm reading the comics. I'm really enjoying those. I hope we see those animated. If we don't, you know, we don't. Yeah. Well, I will say for anyone who does not like Korra, like you can't look past its faults. You can't help but like dislike what is here. But you do want to. But you do want to like it. Read the Kiyoshi books. Because I promise you, everything to like about Korra is in there, despite besides the technology and the world advancement, since it takes place before Avatar: The Last Airbender. Actual fact. But but it is. But it also takes out most of those uh, <laughs> problems that people have. No, I agree. I agree. Um, so, boys, men, kings. Um, final thoughts on Korra. Zog, what do you think? It has its problems. I cannot deny that there's a good amount of problems that can easily kill lesser shows. And for some out there, this is a lesser show. You're wrong, but... Yes, it is. Hold your opinion. (laughs) Um, It's definitely a good show. Like, I really enjoy this. Then again... I basically like anything Avatar The Last Airbender related. So, except for you the Shyamalan movie. You are aware of your prejudice, so. I'll, except I'll for the Shyamalan movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can't help but. No, Wait, you did there, was a, there was a movie? There was, I don't remember. I don't remember that, honestly. I think right. That was the greatest <laughs> earthbending I've ever seen, like, eight people <laughs> do. Well, thank y'all for joining us. Uh, <laughs> check out our other show. <laughs> but no, so in, in, in all seriousness, it's a good show. I definitely recommend everyone check it out, whether you're sure, whether you love the previous one or not. But I also recognize this is not for everybody, and no one's gonna really care about it like I do. Uh, it's always gonna be different. So, yeah, it's, it, I say check it out, but you do you. Yeah, like I think it's definitely worth giving it a look if you are a fan. Um, it definitely has its flaws, just remember that. But overall, it has great moments, and I I give it a slight recommendation. That's from me. <laughs> Very slight. Uh, for me, it is what it is. Um, 
Look, man, if you just want to rip my heart out, just go ahead and do it. No, I mean, like, seriously, you've been going, like, you've been going back and you, forth like, the whole time already. So just do I'm, it. I'm glad I watched <laughs> it, honestly, but I will probably never watch it again. I might watch scenes from it, but as far as a complete watch through, I don't think I could do that again. Um, I definitely got to give it credit. Like, I really like what it was. I really like seeing a strong female protagonist there. And I like seeing the world and I like seeing like just like the adverse times they had to come through. I really just wish that yeah. a lot more. I feel like it's just because I had so high expectations for it. That's why I was so let down. Like if I didn't care, I'd be like, yeah, sure. Let's go. Like freaking like it just had so much to live up to, which I feel like is the problem. I'm comparing it to its predecessor, which you're always going to do, unfortunately, with something like that. But at the grand, in the grand scheme of things, I've seen worse stuff. Like, you know, like, so I would say if you haven't seen it, watch it at least once. Otherwise, you can't say anything about it. Uh, but definitely, I'm I'm choosing the prequel, like, any day of the week. <laughs> Twice on Sundays. Right. On, honestly, you're probably one of the biggest core out. Not necessarily haters, but that's the best word I have for this. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> that I know of. And the fact that you said you would rewatch uh, clips of the show is basically a victory for me. <laughs> I'm, ta- <laughs> I'm taking that. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I rewatch clips sometimes. Like, I got to see, like, my boys, like, get it in with the Red Lotus. But, you know, like, and I, I love laughing at the metal cannon in season four. It, it makes me feel good. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I might do a side by side comparison between Darling and the Franks and that now that Kellis has brought that to my attention. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, yeah, Kellis, I, you ain't even watch it. I don't know why I'm asking you, but like, <laughs> I mean, so, I, uh, I appreciate that that there's an attempt at a sequel. It's tragic that like the legacy of it is so mired in the problems of getting it made that the story is kind of tainted by that fact. Like the true vision couldn't be achieved due to the creators getting jerked around so hard. I mean, yeah. Toys for those who, for those who have seen <laughs> season one, just imagine season one basically stretched out by at least another 12 episodes before moving on to more world worldly things. I don't know if that is the idea they were originally going for, but I do know that they originally wanted to expand more on season one until they were told, no, it's a miniseries now. You get 12 episodes. We'll go to a different timeline where that happened and see what the result was. Lord, uh, as long as you don't go to a different podcast and you stay here with Content Breaker, because we will be delivering more epic podcasts about epic or non-epic like this topics. So you can catch this product and the um, other products on I mean, Spotify. I think, this is our, I think this is the longest podcast we've ever done. So I, I say so. this topic was pretty epic. <laughs> it's up there. Yeah, it's it's up there. But um. Kells, you just do it so well. They threw off my groove. Oh, so. shit. Um, <laughs> you can catch this. You can catch Content Breaker on all of your podcatchers. We're talking Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Podcast, whichever podcatcher you prefer, at Content Breaker, 
or on Twitter, Instagram, and the like at Content Breaker as well with various, you know, underscores, dashes, whatever the fuck it's got to be. You can catch the other product too at your typical Shonen protagonist on all your podcatchers as well or at Twitter at your TSP. That's U-R-T-S-P. Boys, y'all have stuff y'all want to plug too? Uh, yes. Fruits Baskets. Uh, you can find it oh on Crunchyroll on... <laughs> On Funimation, oh. uh, that's all I have to we're say. Coming up to the, we, we, yeah. we coming up to the ending, man. Yes. Get on the wagon now. Watch it. Uh, you know, I probably would have watched it if you invited me to the YTSP crossover. But anyways, uh, you can find me at Strangely Entertaining on the Twitterverse and also on the YouTube. Don't really have any new videos up right now at this moment because my computer is at the computer doctor. And hopefully I will get that back tomorrow, maybe. We'll see. Gang, gang. Alright, I'm tired. I'm gonna catch y'all next week for more Content Breaker bullshit. Bye.